0: Hello and welcome to the very first spin-off from the Tech Marketing Podcast. In collaboration with the Association of National Advertisers, we are thrilled to bring you the Masters of B2B Marketing. Get ready now as we spin through some fantastic episodes covering the latest in B2B thinking, from AI to advertising, analytics to attribution, alignment, and so much more. How can CMOs go beyond demand generation and help drive business strategy? What do they need to understand and share with their CFOs? How on earth can they quantify the returns to their brand investments? Listen to this episode to hear from four marketing leaders at Oracle, Smart Technologies, Wonderman Thompson, and the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania.
1: I'm Pete Fader, professor of marketing at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania.
0: Wow, that's awesome. The panel was, of course, the metrics that CFO and CEOs care about. What should marketers be doing to build stronger relationships with their CFO?
1: One obvious step is that marketers should be thinking like the CFO, anticipating what they're going to want, how they're going to react, just understanding the KPIs that the CFO, CEO, and other C-level executives are going to be focusing on. Put yourself in their shoes. Easier said than done. It would be nice to be able to also live up to it. It would be nice to drive your own part of the business in a way that that they'll understand, they'll appreciate, to make sure that the metrics that you're using are going to align with the ones that they're using. That's been a big part of my academic research, (laughs) is trying to find those metrics that can be appealing and relevant. And to, to multiple parties.
0: That comes on to my next question, which is what are those metrics that you should be providing to the CFO and how have they changed?
1: So for me, it's all about customer metrics. So in the old days, it was all about product metrics. So how many units of the product did we sell? And there we'd run into some tension because the CFO was going to want to sell as much as they could as quickly as possible, whereas the CMO wanted to build relationships. So by focusing on customer metrics, you can give us the best of all worlds that we can look at the revenue that we're getting right now from the customers, but we can also look at the health, the longevity of the relationships. Mm -hmm. So we can find ways to unify the metrics and unify the actions that we take and really create excellent short and long-term outcomes. That's
0: perfect. And so what's the, what was the most, obviously just done this wonderful panel, what was the most interesting question you the panel got? Well, in your opinion, what was the most surprising question you, you received?
1: So many of the questions are, uh, as you said, what are the kinds of things that marketers should be doing in order to be more appealing to CFOs and other C-suite folks? But one of the panelists uh, turned it around and said, what is it that we should expect from the CFOs about us? Yeah. You know, so how can we make ourselves look better as they start asking skeptical <laughs> (laughs) questions and pushing their own agendas and metrics on us it's not enough just for us to anticipate and role play but we should expect that the same thing is, is being done to us we have to be ready for
0: that in five words or less what advice would you give a cmo for future success
1: i'm going to go with three words go for it customer base audit which is the name of my new book. (laughs) But it goes back to this idea of alignment and accountability, that if we can do a formal audit about our customer base, as we do a formal financial audit for the company as a whole, it's going to bring all kinds of insight. It's going to bring all kinds of just not only actions to take, but ways to evaluate the actions that we're taking in a way that would be hopefully pleasing, but at least relevant to the marketers, the finance people, the CEO as a whole. So customer base audit, I really believe is the way to get everyone on the same level, using the same language and doing things in repeated, predictable, standardized manner instead of making up new things all the time.
0: So I just want to dive into that for a second for a couple of different reasons. If you say customer base, so you're auditing your existing customers to understand what are you trying to understand?
1: I want to know how many of them are there, how many of them will continue re- repeat purchasing from us. Uh, where's the bottleneck? As revenue plateaus, is it because we haven't acquired enough customers or they're not staying as long? They're not buying as often. They're not spending as much. So getting below the surface of mm-hmm. just, say, revenue and using different customer-based lenses to, to better understand the health of the customer base, therefore the health of the company, and therefore the actions that we should be taking mm.
0: to, to ensure its ongoing health. Perfect. Thank you so much, Peter. My pleasure. I, I, the side question I've got on that one is, how do you find, how many books have you written? How that was you, book number three. How have you found writing? Because it's, it's one of my passions. I would love to how write a book. That?
1: It's really interesting you ask, because I'm a professor, so I'm living in the publisher parish world. So I have no problem writing academic articles with lots of Greek letters and very formal, um, but books. <laughs> it, it, it feels to me, it's like going from the, a, a mile jog around the block to sprint across the Sahara Desert. Say, boy, that's a lot of words, and boy, you gotta really make sure that it all fits together. Yeah, so writing academic articles, those are the short sprints. Wow. But writing a book and trying to make sure that it stays coherent and making sure that these books are consistent with each other, it's daunting, uh, and I'll often get a lot of help from co authors or ghostwriters. That's a very different kind of skill than the short form writing that you do either as a professor or even as a blogger. <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm, I, it's just, yeah, I, it's, some, it's one of those personal goals that I would like to get to, because I, I always think we do a lot of work in the channel, we do work, a lot of work with tech, and there's it's something where I'm like, I should just write you, this you up. You know what?
1: It was the same thing for me. It was always an aspiration. Boy, I want to have a book. Wouldn't that be cool to have a book? But I can never write a book. And the thing is, I can teach courses, so I'll teach these courses. And, and so what I did a couple of years back is I found a ghostwriter to say, okay, here's all the videos from my course. Write it up. And I thought what he would do would just be more or less you know, chronologically, almost create a transcript of mm-hmm. my course. But he didn't. I and mean, he moved stuff around and he wove it together and he took the course, all wow. the content, my content, and completely rearranged it in a way that just flowed beautifully. And it was much more like a book did, did than it ch- was
0: a chronological Did you change course. your course structure based on that as well? I
1: have, absolutely have. Oh, yeah, wow. I, I, it's, it's interesting how art reflects the nature or, or vice versa. Uh, yeah, I, because the, the book was so good. Even though there were my ideas, I'd never thought about it like that. And so I, there were some of the things that used to be at the end that moved to the beginning and vice versa. Uh, almost, it's, and in my, in my mind, it's almost revisionist. It's, it's almost as if, yeah, that's, I read the book now and say, that's what I meant yeah even though it was really someone else who <laughs> laid it all out that way so yeah it's a very different way of organizing content than teaching a course in the way that we usually do yeah, and i have this tremendous appreciation for first of all for the ability to frame up ideas in a proper book manner but even more so to take someone else's ideas and rearrange them and write them up and make it better than the original I'm standing on the shoulders of the giants.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Peter. That was, I'm okay. definitely going to pick your brains on that later. Happy to keep yeah. talking about
2: yeah.
0: it. <laughs> You've just had a wonderful panel on the metrics that you should provide to a CFO and a CEO. If you could just start by introducing your name, position, and company.
3: I'm Audrey Milofchek. I'm the North American CEO of Wonderman Thompson.
0: Awesome. What should marketeers be doing to build stronger relationships with their CFO?
3: I think you have to remember it's always people. That's all we are, people. And I think we get in our way when we start to think about companies and brands and roles, which is people. And I think the key thing you have to do is build a relationship that is going to help you through the difficult times. Mm-hmm. And I think if you always think about that CFO as someone who very much wants to work for a successful company, very much wants to see top line growth, then you create a relationship where you are bringing them along and telling them about all the great marketing Mm. successes and what your plan is and why you think it'll work. And then you see CFOs just a person. Mm. All of a sudden, they start to say, okay, what if we did this? How about if we found some money there? What if we cut here? And they become your business partner instead of your homework checker.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure CFOs would. Reframing them away from a homework checker to a business partner is a great way. So what metrics should you provide to the CFO? And has it changed recently?
3: I think the more data that you have, the more it changes. Fundamentally, what you have to provide is the right data for the right situation. Mm -hmm. Meaning every single brand, every single category, every single moment, you have a different goal a different challenge. And so you have to be clear on what are the obstacles and what are the KPIs and what does success look like mm-hmm. and align on those first. And then the data follows that. Mm-hmm. What we find for a lot of our B2B clients is we know that the brand element is really important. And we tend to measure that through brand affinity studies or MPS scores longer-term studies that look at how people, what people associate brands with, what their awareness is, and then at the same time, we're looking for shorter-term, in-cycle lead generation. Mm -hmm. For that, it's about what is the media we spend, how many impressions are we getting from Mm -hmm. those impressions, how many people are engaged, what's the cost per engagement, and then how many actual qualified leads, Mm -hmm. and what's the cost per lead, and then If we can ingest the client's Salesforce data or whatever partner they use, we're then able to give them a dashboard that looks at every dollar and what the actual ROI. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that those two options, the brand uh, saliency measurement and the dashboard of actual sales leads aren't seen as an either or, you need but oh, but you you definitely have to point to them towards whatever the challenge is in that moment
0: I think that's really key and a, a mirror that we've had from all the interviews we've done today, the brand piece is becoming more and more important of course we're an agency as well we've seen that be discussed and we tend to talk about the fifty six forty four percent split or it changes based on the exact study that you read but it's still surprising. You get towards the end of the quarter and that bit just gets cut and cut until it's all demand. Yet. And, so and, you've and, got and there's so
3: many studies that indicate that's not a mm-hmm. smart thing over the mm-hmm. long term. And of course, we're all subject to both short and long term KPIs. Yeah, but yeah. over the long term, you can't build a brand that way. Our research at Wonderman Thompson says that 93% of a B two B market share success is due to brand perception.
0: There was a great quote from, and she, I think she's talking just now, Theresa Parks at Google. She said, "Every dollar that you s- try and save on brand will cost you a dollar eighty five later to get back."
3: Oh, I'm going to remember that.
0: Yeah, it's a <laughs> great. I know. I'm going to quote that to every every client now. So she definitely try and find the source for it. But she, that's what she told us earlier: was every dollar you try and save will cost you $1.85 to get back, which is crazy. Second to last question, what's the most interesting or surprising question you had on the panel?
3: I think that there's a question around, I think the whole panel is around the relationship between the CFO and CMO. And I think for me, I've never, that I can remember, in a long time now, had a relationship with a CFO that was... That had animosity in it or that felt like a homework checker. So I think when they, I think the premise of some of the questions around tension Mm -hmm. between CFOs and CMOs just don't ring true to me. Certainly, we're in a macroeconomic environment that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, everyone is trying to figure out how to squeeze and be more efficient and be more thoughtful. And that does make everybody. bit more tense, but I don't ever feel that the CFO CMO relationship is one where everybody doesn't have the same goal. And I actually think that CMOs, the more that they have data that they have to show, the more proud they feel of what they've done. So in its own way, the requirement for CMOs to be more data-centric and be able to justify and support the dollars that they've spent have really benefited them more than anybody Mm because we we all square our shoulders a little bit more now. We're like, (laughs) I did that. And so I guess the question that surprises me is when there is a suggestion that there's a lot of acrimony or a broken relationship between the two, it's not my experience.
0: Yeah. I think that's really fascinating. So, This is a question we're asking everyone in the interviews. In five words or less, five words or less, what advice would you give a CMO for future success?
3: Don't be afraid of failure.
0: Love that. And moving on to our next guest, Jeff, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? My name is Jeff Lowe. I'm the Chief Commercial Officer at Smart Technologies. Awesome. So you've just done a panel on which metrics CEOs and CFOs care about. What should marketeers be doing to build stronger relationships with their CFO?
4: I think the first thing is they should be, they need to find a common context, a shared frame of reference in terms of a plan that they're both a part of. So if it's a case of, I worry about the financials and you worry about sales and marketing and let's try to partner, I don't think that's enough. I think we're both members of the executive team. What is the strategy and plan for the company? Of course, we all have our different accountabilities, but how do we see how each other's accountabilities
0: are germane to the same plan. I mm-hmm. think that's really important. And we've heard a lot about that at this conference, actually. Like, make sure you're clear on the outcomes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Not just your numbers and I'm pictures. Yeah. Uh, so talking about continuing that theme for the CFO, what metrics do you think are most important to them? Like what metrics are what metrics do they care about and have they changed?
4: I don't think they've changed. I think the metrics that are most important are profitability and EBITDA. And I think it's very important for all sales and marketing professionals to be comfortable with those sorts of metrics. Contribution margin. So I'm not saying sales. I'm not saying brand equity, but it's not that those things aren't important. But how do they contribute or what is the after effect of metrics like that, commercial metrics, on things that CFOs truly care about, which is really company profitability future value, customer company valuation. Yep. Those are the things that our CFO cares the most about. And as an executive of the company that I do as well, and I know that the more (laughs) revenue that I drive and the stronger our brand is perceived by our customers, the more those metrics are going to be an outcome of.
0: I think that really, we're going to talk about this in the next session. I think that really shows where you guys have, moved, matured in that model compared to many other organizations. It's a really fascinating answer there, Jeff. So final question, just being on a panel with four other peers, what was the most interesting or surprising question you had from the audience?
4: I think the most interesting one was, how do you measure brand? G- getting to that, brand is such a misunderstood hmm. word, and it's not with CFOs or it's across the board, yet inherently most marketers just feel so importantly about it, myself included. Mm -hmm. So how do you measure brand? So one of the things that that we were talking about on the panel was, what if you stop calling it brand (laughs) and start calling it out-of-market demand gen versus in-market demand gen? Mm -hmm. Because there is a great piece of research that was shown at the conference here that says 95% of your audience is not in market for your goods or services at any given time. So are you really going to ignore 95% of the audience in your go to market efforts. That would seem like a very strange thing to do. (laughs) So there's also data that suggests that when the customer is ready to go into market for your category of products and services, if you're not in the top three consideration set in Mm. their memory, you have virtually no chance of winning the deal. So what are you doing to be top three in memory and affinity in customers who are out of market? Personally, at Smart Technologies, we stop stopped talking about brand. I call it the B word. Uh, we talk in hushed tones about it with the former marketing team. But really, we do. It's true. We talk about out-of-market demand gen and in-market demand gen. And if you talk not just to a CFO, but to a sales executive, they'll automatically say, oh, that's incredibly important. We have to get to that 95%. What are we doing to get to that 95%? Perhaps we should change our spending envelope. <laughs> and so what you've just done is increased your brand
0: budget. Fascinating answer. And now on to some brilliant advice from our final guest, Nancy, could you introduce yourself please?
2: I'm Nancy Casey and I'm the global head of cross-industry strategy within strategic accounts at Oracle Corporation.
0: So, you've just come from a panel on which the metrics that CEOs and CFOs care about and how to talk to your board. Like what should marketers be doing to build stronger relationships with their CFO?
2: I think it comes down to really measurement, right? If I think about how marketing people have been effective, right? It's the traditional days of thinking about brand, lead generation, marketing campaigns. It's always been very effective and it's very important to get out there with your brand and your message. The challenge is how do you quantify that? So I've seen successful Marketing folks try to measure the successes of that and thinking about what's the revenue generation that you're going to get from marketing campaigns, from lead generation, from these kind of marketing programs, because then it helps justify the budget. So I would say that's one component as quantification. But then also CMOs can be very successful by leveraging data Mm -hmm. with The amazing amount of data that continues to be out there to understand your consumer, your end customer, whether it's your existing customer, really evaluating who your best customers are, kind of stepping back and saying, are we looking at the right customers? Are we defining customers based on revenue, based on profits, based on future growth opportunities? So asking these kind of questions among the C-suite, I think really up-levels a CMO to more the strategic, as opposed to maybe doing more lead gen on the back end. It's more of the driving the overall strategy of the company, right? Who yeah. are our best customers? So existing customers, but then you may also look at future opportunities as well to say, okay, we know we're here today, but the largest growth segment might be in the future that we need to start looking at. And that's how CMOs I've seen increasingly helping to drive strategy for the company.
0: Yeah, I love that answer. So you talked a little bit about metrics there. So what metrics should should we be using with the CFO? What metrics are important to them?
2: Yeah, so I would say anytime there's marketing campaigns, there's lead generation, I think that certainly quantifying what revenue, so for the budget, any type of metric that shows the revenue generation with that to justify the cost is absolutely important. And then I also think about, you know, to my second point about looking at new customers and prospects and existing customers, you can quantify that as well. For example, you can say that 20% of my customers, they may be a different subset that The CEO and the CFO are used to looking at. They could say, Oh, we've traditionally looked at these B2B customers. Really analyze that. Are they really your best customers or are they always been there? And maybe the revenue seems to be there, but the growth trend is declining. Mm -hmm. So you really have to kind of look at your customer base and say, let's look at the customer base, whether it's new prospects or existing customers. And then the metric for that is, okay, we can start small. Maybe we do a, a target targeted market research. And then maybe there's a marketing event, or there's a campaign or a very specific high touch event that we can start to reach out to new segments, and then really measuring that to say, hey, we decided to go big on what we think is a new growth opportunity with a customer segment. And here's the revenue that's been generating. And by the way, it's one of the biggest growth trends within the industry that we can look at.
0: Perfect. And so what was the most surprising question you had on the panel?
2: most surprising question. I would say measuring brand is always a challenging one for me because I'm coming from the software industry where I think about data all day long, right? (laughs) So we think about data coming in from structured, from unstructured data, customer data, financial data, product data, and trying to bring this together, connected. Measuring brand to me sometimes is somewhat of a challenge, right? I think I think as a strong marketer if at the end of the day if you're working with your C-suite and you're together defining who is my target market, what is my brand, who am I going after, what's your overall business objectives, right? I think that's the most critical thing that you can do. And certainly, you know, measuring your brand is very important because I feel like that comes after. But if you really are working together with your C-suite, you're really defining those overall goals Mm -hmm. together with the CMO, the CFO, the CEO, the CIO, and together defining that. And then I think everything trickles from there, like the brand, the marketing campaigns, the sales execution efforts, the product build. But as companies move from really being product to customer centric. That's a pretty big shift. People say that they're going in that direction, but it's hard to move big companies coming in that direction and they'll get there. But I think that you start off with a strategy and things like, then that really helps define your brand and all these other execution efforts.
0: Perfect. And so last question, This this is the shortest one, but the one where each word counts. So in five words or less, what advice would you give a CMO for future success?
2: Focus on customer and data
0: thank you so much nancy <laughs> that was awesome
2: <laughs> great thank you so much
0: thanks for tuning in for another episode of the masters of b2b marketing in association with the a a's looking for more insights be sure to explore our other episodes showcasing some brilliant leaders in the b2b world and of course don't forget to hit subscribe to stay up to date with the latest from the tech marketing podcast